Okay, everybody, welcome to uh, another episode, a special episode of the uh, Gym Life Podcast, World's Strongest Opinions and Strong Personalities. We're all collaborative here today, today guys. That's uh, Darren Heltimus, upper right-hand corner. Uh, John, uh, John, how do you pronounce your last name again? Ben, Benfeld? Benfeld, yeah. Benfeld, I knew it. I, yeah. I should have asked yes. it. And, and Yanni Bear, how you doing, Yanni? I am good. Excited to be on here, man. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, this is so much fun, guys, because, you know, I've, I've said it before to many, many people in our sport. You know, it's all collaborative. It all should be collaborative. We're all trying to grow the sport together and having an opportunity to sit in with you guys for an hour or so and talk about stuff that we're all talking about constantly on our shows. I'm curious if a lot of our same opinions will lead down the same path since we all are kind of the smartest guys in the industry, right? I mean, nobody thinks <laughs> more than we do. So That's guess- objectively correct. Subjectively correct, of course. (laughs) So as you guys know, I put out, uh, I think it was five or six questions to kind of do this awards thing. And I stole that. So I have to give credit to, well, Kratos kind of did their thing, I think, a little bit, um, where they picked some categories and picked their own winners. And then, of course, Alabama's Strongest Man. I think they're a group, right? You guys know about them at all? Anybody got any shed some light? Yeah, Yeah. Well, that was strong crew, but isn't there an Alabama strongman or right. something? I guess I thought he was kind of part of both. Maybe, maybe. I'm maybe yeah. I'm confusing. Yeah, I guess I thought Tyler Davis was part of both strong crew and Alabama. Yeah, I think he has some affiliation, but they did kind of their own thing there in Alabama, which I thought was really cool. And I thought, geez, why aren't we doing this more on a, a broader, you know, cover a broader spectrum? And so call this year one, I guess. Next year, you know. John, you can take it over. And next year, Yanni, you can take it over. And we'll just all kind of roll into it if it works. So we'll rotate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm sure the questions or the actual categories should get bigger. Um, we should have probably a, a breakout year where there's 20 or 30. And then maybe if we did it soon enough, we can have people accept their award and we can put the clips up and we can run it just like the Oscars or something. But um, Darren, I know you don't spend a lot of time on social media, even though you're a podcaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean- Categories are right. I do know what categories are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And uh, Yanni, you did as well. I think everybody saw them. So without yes. any further ado, let's just jump right into it and give our opinions on it, and also kind of break down who we thought maybe was left out of the category. We only put four, I guess, choices in each category. We all agree there could have been ten and a couple of them pretty easily. Uh, I think they're worth mentioning, and that's what we're here to do today. Uh, so let's go into the first one, and we'll talk about. Uh, best pro show, right? So best pro show. I should have been a little more organized here. Um, best yeah, pro but- show. Four, I had four four a category or four people in this class or four shows. That was the Shaw Classic, Giants Live, World's Strongest Man, and Rogue Invitational. I have the results. Are you ready for the result? Then we'll talk about what we see. Or how do you want to do this? Darren, what do you think? Well, I mean, let's let's see let's see let's see what the results are and talk about them. I mean, I I know what my opinion is. Yeah, what would you who would you pick? Let's do that first. I mean, I'll take World Strongest Man hands down. I mean, the the sport started with them. They've been around for since 1978. Um, they're the longest lasting. Um, I mean, they've done more for the sport than literally anybody else, and it's still the most coveted title title in the entire sport. So, I mean, I, how can you pick World Strongest Man? In my opinion. That's a pretty damn good argument, honestly. Pretty good. Uh, John, what do you think? Um, I would maybe it's just because I like what they've done so far, but I think the Rogue Invitational has set a really high standard of like having decent per like purses, like a 
the prize winning has done a lot in the exposure. So I think, I don't know if we're just going, if we're going all throughout time, of course it's world strongest man, but if we're saying awards for 2022, I would say the rogue invitational has really set the bar pretty high for just like an overall well-run show, good live stream. And like, really like they, they pay the athletes a lot. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, mean, I think that, I think that kind of sets. Yeah. So now, from the current point for 2022. Two separate categories really kind of as we're leading into this. Yanni, what are your thoughts? I would say like respect to the world's strongest man and respect to Rogue, but I think the one that balanced everything out the best was the Shaw Classic. Um, I think it was the best organized. There was less complaints about that competition. The only thing I remember hearing was just that the leg press event was a little bit awkward. Um, I felt like the judging was the most consistent as well at the Shaw Classic. And I think it's moving the sport forward. Uh, to where Rogue is trying to take it a lot faster. I think they had a couple of hiccups. I think y'all mentioned a little bit about the judging before the podcast started. And then a lot of the athletes complained about not knowing the events ahead of time. And if we want to keep everybody healthy, it is important for athletes to know about the events, you know, more further out than I think. I think Martin said that he didn't find out exactly what weights he was doing until like two months, maybe three months before that. And for those big weights that they're moving – you want to get as much uh, heads up as you can. So for me, it's the shot classic because it kind of had like the most consistency across the board. Um, obviously the rogue and world strongest man beats it at different levels, but I think consistency wise, it would be the shot classic. Well, right off the bat, this is shocking B. We literally just went in three, three out of four. And I'm with you, John, I, I picked the rogue invitational. And the reason was just because they're setting kind of a new standard. I yep. love the money. I thought the yep. apparatuses were badass, but then I listened to I listened to Darren and I go, you know, he's got a great point. I mean, the world's strongest man really has set the stage historically. But if we're talking about moving the sport forward, I probably would have to go with Rogue this year. It doesn't mean that next year, you know, we couldn't see uh, maybe do WSM blow the doors off it, right? But I think Rogue essentially is setting the new standard, maybe, John. Yeah, I mean, I would have to say just like the overall exposure and just view count is pretty phenomenal. At least just the presence of like being able to have a decent live stream on YouTube. And then almost, I think, by the end of the day or the next day, they have them condensed down into just the highlight videos that are do really well. So I'd say overall exposure that wins, I think, helps the sport overall kind of on a pretty large scale, especially for it being... I think it was kind of up there with like the Shaw Classic of like a relatively new show that's still like has some hiccups here and there. But I think what they're going for is pretty impressive and just seeing like crowd engagement and everything was interesting. So, yeah. John, I'm just curious um, because you are a WSM fan and that was your pick. Um, what do you think they're doing wrong? Oh, not, I mean, no, no, I'm sorry, not John, Darren. Darren, I'm sorry, Darren. Oh, yeah. What do I think World's Strongest Man is doing wrong? Right, right. Why do you think – what that's do you think is doing wrong today? That's a tough-loaded question, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm asking you. Um, I, know um, I, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually kind of just derail just for a minute. And you okay. know, The reason I, I wouldn't pick these newer um, competitions is because for the last, you know, 40-plus years, we've seen numerous – numerous organizations, small shows come and go. 
right? And, and you know, moving the sport, quote-unquote, forward has a lot of different meanings also to, to everybody, I think, um, where, again, World's Strongest Man is – it hasn't gone anywhere. I think, I think, you know, based on the history, the risk of these other organizations and shows being here in 10 years is much higher than, than world's strongest man not being here in 10 years. Um, so in, in a, in a way they've, they've been doing something right for 44 years. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but, but with, with, uh, you know, with, uh, technology improving, um, and a high, de- a greater demand for streaming. I really think that they probably should consider capitalizing on. Now, that's not their business model, right? No. World Strongest Man's business model has always been an entertainment show, right? And so, live streaming really takes them in a different direction that they've they've maintained for their forty four years of existence, right? Um, but I think it would be definitely something worth considering. Um, today with the direction that the sport is going and the, in the capabilities with technology nowadays is to consider doing a live stream sport. I think it could definitely benefit them. Yeah. It's, it's interesting you say that because that would be my biggest problem with world's strongest man is they're a bit dated in the way they release their content and yeah. with what's available out there today, it does seem like that model would suit them better because we know now monetarily speaking, that could be a huge audience for them and a big payday as well. So Yanni, I'm just curious uh, listening to Darren on that. Uh, you know, and where the Shaw Classic fits into this, uh, I, I see that show sticking around a while, um, for sure. Uh, yeah. Unless Brian says I'm just done with this shit forever, but I highly doubt that. Uh, what are your thoughts on all three of our thoughts on all those shows? Okay, so I think Darren is correct that once the world's strongest man catches up with some of the uh, newer competitions like the Rogue and the Shaw Classic. <laughs> Because I think they are trying to do that, but I think there's still some contracts that they have to um, out to wait out before they can actually start doing all the streaming and then trying to put it on live TV. Because we always, you know, growing up, we would always see the events like months after the competition was over. So I think Roll Strongest Man will be uh, the clear leader again once they get to that point. But I like the pressure that the new shows are putting um, on World Strongest Man because. Sometimes, you know, when you're the top dog for a while, you get a little complacent. And then sometimes knowing that you're not live for these events on a stream, there's not as much pressure to get things right from the beginning and be more efficient with the events. Because one of the things that we've seen this year is that a lot of the competitions we're seeing, it's all about efficiency. So that way the athletes are actually have a reduced chance of injury because they're not getting super cold and having to heat up, super cold, having to get up. So I think they're complementing each other because everybody's trying to catch up to the prominence of the world's strongest man, but world's strongest man is also paying attention to the newer shows. So it's just going to help everybody all around. One of the things that I just thought of for the rogue that I was like, it's got the shock classic beat is the athlete audience that it introduces, which is the CrossFit um, athletes who we've also seen here in the last three years really start uh, coming into strongman. So I think I have to actually give the tiebreaker to Rogue on because of that one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna swing my my decision now because that was that was one of the things that I forgot about mentioning that Rogue does a good job of growing the sport because of the audience that it already has in the CrossFit world. So you got me there. 
<laughs> well, I, listen, I don't think any one of us are wrong. I think really we just kind of spelled that out, right? Uh, all these shows are pushing each other to produce a better product for our entire community. And without one or two of them, the other two might not even be performing as well as they're performing. So, uh, But the audience, or I should say our, our pollers said it is the Rogue Invitational. So there you have it. And, and maybe because that show was more fresh in their minds and such a spectacle with some of that apparatus they had, because it certainly got my attention. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd say we all are right on that one. I, we're never wrong on these anyhow, guys. We know this. They're all important shows. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. I agree. I totally agree. So the next category, and I kind of had a, a little, I think, John, I got a hold of you on this one, too, because I was like, yeah, I don't know where to go with this, right? Because we have these different levels of shows within our community. And this this next one here was the best series or qualifying show, because when you think of Clash or you think of OSG, you're not really putting them in that category of the first four. You could argue Giants probably could have been with, you can argue one or two both ways, I'm sure. But as a qualified or best series or qualifying show, that was a little tougher because you wouldn't necessarily say what's the best amateur show in the United States and, and include those with them or the beer stone or maybe even like the Rainier or something. But at that point, I kind of didn't know where to go with it. I got a hold of John. We kind of chatted back and forth quick about maybe the direction of it. Uh, Clash, Strongman's Champions League. Uh, I know there's a good opinion about that. I can't wait to hear. Uh, Ultimate Strongman and OSG. They all seem to kind of fit pretty well together. Uh, what are your thoughts on that first, Darren, uh, on those four in that category? Would you change um, Well, I mean, we're talking about amateur shows right now, right? So, Yeah, I guess we can argue they're amateur shows. Yeah. And, and, I mean, well, you know, uh, my opinion on, you know, uh, um, Ultimate Strongman and SCL is they, they themselves, I think Ultimate does. I know SCL calls the under one of 5K uh, amateur because um, that's, that's old school, right? Uh, before I can't remember when all the other weight classes came back, came out. When I started in 2008, there was only two weight classes, right? There was under 105 and there was opens. And it was always assumed that the under 105s was just a stepping stone to the, to the opens. And that's why SCL, of course, still considers under 105 and, and less or, or lower weight classes, rather uh, amateur and not pro. Um, now, I've competed at SCL under 105 twice. It's a fantastic competition, so I'm a little biased, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, so I mean, I think as far as, like, amateur shows go, um, it's kind of a toss-up for me between that and, and Ultimate Starman under 105K championship that they just had for the first time, as far as I know, um, in France this year. Um I think they'd been in Ukraine previously, but because of the conflicts in Ukraine, it moved. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I mean, that's always been a really great and heavy show and brings some pretty, pretty tough competition. So I, I don't know. I think I'm going to swing probably towards the ultimate. So I'm in uh, under 105K championship is, a, is my favorite amateur. Oh, okay. So ultimate competition. Yeah, okay, that would be your pick. And, and it's because of the level of competition. It's, the, it's, it's a heavy, heavy show, um, and it draws some really great athletes from around the world and you get you get a lot more of the european and especially this east block eastern block uh guys involved to i mean just bring competition to a whole nother level so uh big fan of that show yeah, yeah i don't disagree with any of that uh, yanni what are your thoughts so the only one that i actually have a, like an a pretty good knowledge about is the osg just because um, I actually emceed the uh, Southwest Regionals. 
And then I kept a close eye on the OSG finals. I interviewed some of the athletes leading up to it. So that's the one I'm most familiar with. Um, and it's the one that feels like it actually has a good road to qualify to, um, to, to the bigger shows. So consistency-wise and having the widest net for it, for athletes, I would want to say OSG. Um, but that because that's the one I know the best. I don't know the other ones as well. And some of the other ones, I actually thought that they were actual pro level shows. OSG out of the ones that you mentioned was the only one that I thought was an actual qualifying event for amateur to pro. So that's who I would vote for on that one. Darren, just real quick, what 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 is the pathway to ultimate? I, I agree with every point you made because I love the Easter block representation there that's really why i love ultimate the most what is the pathway to ultimate there's really not one so another reason why i would consider it amateur because i i believe it's just uh invite only you contact the promoter same really more or less the same with stl um you contact the promoters and say hey i'd like to you know come and if they've got space for you you know they need additional athletes so they'll give you a and i mean a, you know an informal invite more or less so there is really no path to it and, and, you know, and I'm, I'm going to actually bolster my, my reasoning too a little bit more is, you know, I always, is a great show, right? There's no question. It's a very coveted title for all weight classes to win. Um, but it, you know, format, I mean, I, I think of it a lot as more of a, uh, audience member as a fan rather than an athlete, you know, from an athlete's perspective, I might actually even still argue uh, the, the 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 more focused competitions, right? More focused on one single weight class. Uh, fewer athletes are just they're they're easier to watch. They're more they're more they're uh, uh, better to compete at. Again, you know, talking about less time in between events, weight downtime, waiting. Um, just overall, they run better and they're easier to watch. Um, yeah. That would be my only bias really against OSG, which is a very, very long, drawn out. I mean, it, sorry to the guys that put it on. I know they do a really great job, but impossible to watch. I would agree um, 100%. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. so so as a fan and as an athlete, those more focused shows are just – they're just better all around. They, they run more efficiently. It's better for the athletes. Uh, it's better for your sponsors because you're you're actually identifiable in in the crowd rather than just a mass of, you know, a thrall of athletes where you don't, nobody stands out. Um, so there's so many more advantages to those those type shows. So, John, what are your thoughts? So I I think Darren makes a lot of great points and everything. What shifted my opinion was um, watching Martins Lisi's talking about OSG when he was there, like just how much it's helped create like a clear pathway for these guys to get to Giants Live and to like go forward. Cause like, it was interesting hearing about his thing of trying to get to that high level. You just call the round until eventually you got a hold of someone and maybe you'd get a chance to go to the next thing. And that's like, I think um, what they're doing is a really good idea and everything like, and so I think the format could, I think it's hard when you have 400 people to organize them in any really good format, but I think if they can bolster that down a bit, cause they did um, their, I think it was the under 80 KG documentary they did on YouTube was fantastic. So there's obviously good content there. Yeah. Um, but I think 
providing that pathway forward and it got a lot of good community engagement. So I think it has a lot of strong points going for it. I think Clash has a lot of potentials as well. I know there's been some recent roadblocks or obstacles that have come up this past year that might have kind of changed some of the rankings a little bit. But I think OSG, if they can kind of tighten things up a little bit and maybe, I don't know, make the change the format or find a way to like make it a bit more engaging for the long day, I think it will definitely go far. So my vote's still with OSG. Yeah, I, I would I, I agree with those points. Yeah, OSG to me, if they could just figure out a way to make that work. And again, they may not. We're just talking with a, a, an incredible amount of competitors at any given show like that. It's going to be a logistical nightmare. And if somebody can figure that out, please pass it along to the Strongman and Strongman Corp Nationals to try to figure that shit out with them. It so. helps to not have a hurricane also. That, that too. And maybe they yeah. got a few extra votes because Lynn did pull that shit off this year, which is pretty yes. cool. I mean, we all thought it was not I'm like, there's no way this is going to happen. I, I, I do side with Darren, though. I, I really, really wish I knew more about Ultimate Strongman because from what I've seen of them, I really do agree with Darren. I think there's just so much potential with that show. I love how it opens up that Easter block because there are some tenacious competitors over there. Meeting Emmanuel Piscari and talking to him and off camera and talking about all the talent they got over there. It's nice to see there's a show that provides that platform for the rest of us to see the rest of the world. So I do favor that in that respect. I just wish we had more visibility for it over here stateside. Yeah. You know, I think as Americans, we kind of get siloed in American strongman and forget that there's other really great uh, competitions in the world, other really great athletes. Um, you know, I know we're, like, we may talk about ambassadors, I think. And I mean, there's other great ambassadors too that maybe wouldn't come up if, you know, we don't, uh, you know, hear from those people as often as maybe we should. Um, so, I mean, it, again, it's a world sport. It's not, it's not an American sport. And I think everybody needs to remember that. I think sometimes we just, we kind of forget that, that in the United States is that strong man's not just the U S right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's hard to not be exceptional all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, here is, here is our, uh, our results. It, it was OSG. I think in large part, again, fresh in everybody's mind. And I think what Lynn did there as well during that hurricane, uh, it resonated with a lot of people because I thought maybe some folks thought maybe it wasn't going to happen. And I think to Yanni's point as well, it's a clear qualifier uh, for the most part. I know we wish we can see that more in all these other events too because it would be nice from Ultimate Strongman or SCL, albeit you competed there, Darren. I I think it would be kind of cool if we knew there was a pathway to it as well, but – uh, store a conversation for another day yeah technically there is scl but it's it's um kind of smoke and mirrors but yeah we can talk about that another day oh yeah scl yeah and and, and for what i hear it's a great organization everybody i talked to that's competed there loves it so yeah okay so the next one we got uh we'll go to uh oh darn it now i can't remember that's a jug right there what's that what, what are you oh. <laughs> This water, it's, it's comically large. <laughs> so the next one, it gets into our athletes a little bit. and It was best individual performance uh, for a strong man. And, of course, we're going to have some opinions off this, these four that we had pulled. But those four, of course, were uh, – I, I listen, I, I talked to a few people about this one. Nick, Nico Chaparral's 9-10 triple for an OSG qualifier. 
That was pretty impressive. I am, am I the only one here that's going to say that? I don't know. Hold your thoughts. Uh, Emmanuel Piscari's world record log, of course, at 419. Uh, Nick Myers Circus Dumbbell at Clash, of course, 252, which we know we had to do twice because that was misloaded, which makes it yeah. a little more impressive. And then, of course, Ben Donnan's deadlift at U80. Every time I see this number and I think U80, it just blows my freaking mind. Straps, pitching, I don't give a shit. 795 is a ton of weight for a guy at 80 kilos. Uh, we'll start with you, Yanni, on this one. Your thoughts. Do you give me the list again? Yeah, it was uh, Ben Donnan. Uh, U80 deadlift world record at 795. Nick Myers, U90 circus dumbbell record at uh, 252. Emmanuel Piscari's uh, log world record at 419. Nico Chaparellis, uh 910 deadlift for a triple for his OSG qualifier. Uh, for me, it's the circus dumbbell. Um, just because of how he walked up to the circus dumbbell. He knew something was off, and he looked at everybody, but everybody kept telling him that the weight was right. He still went for it. He dropped it, and he goes, that is wrong. Everybody was quick to fix it, and then it was 252 pounds, yes. and that's – yeah, that's – that. for me, that's the most impressive. I'm not a big fan. I know you said that you don't care if it's hitching or all the equipment or whatever. It's a deadlift is impressive. One of the things I want Strongman to do is clean up their deadlifts um, to – be more impressive. So for me, the cleanest lift and the one that kind of, you know, showed the strongman spirit of just like adapting and figuring still something out and attacking the the weight. It's I, I've got to go with that circus dumbbell record. Yeah, good pick. Good argument too. I like that. I don't like you right now, Yanni, but I like the argument. <laughs> John, your thoughts. So I I would have to piggyback off of what he said. Uh, I think Nick's um performance of being able to like get flustered with a misloaded weight and still go through with it was definitely impressive. Emmanuel's log was still amazing. I mean, they're all really great feats and everything, but I think um, Nick just wrote, he's one of the first people I saw on YouTube when I started getting into lifting years ago or a few years back, cause I knew to all of this in a way. Um, just being able to see that perseverance and everything I think to me represented like he was saying of like what the sport is that adaptability pushing through and just his response of like I think being able to like still pull it together because a lot of people I mean you have that misloaded thing that can throw off your world record attempt of like I think Julius oh, Maddox's yeah. bench press when it was misloaded with a plate on the side like something like that can completely throw off the vibe and like make it challenging. So yeah, I'd have to go with Nick Myers on this one. Okay. Yeah. I, it's hard to argue that. Yeah. Darren, what are your thoughts? So I, I, I can't hold back anymore. The controversy. Um, I, so Ben Donan's deadlift was seriously impressive by all means, but it's 50 kilograms less than the same weight class of powerlifting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Yeah, ben, you want to say that? Again. I, mean, I know you're happy right now because you just get yeah. <laughs> I, I don't care if I get hate for this. Like this is this is like something that I've just been been ruminating on for too long. We've got a couple of of deadlifts and in, in strongman now that are much less than the powerlifting without deadlift suits, without straps, without hitching. We've got to get closer to those before we start cheering, you know, that these are, you know, the most amazing feats in the world. Um, 
So nothing against the athlete. I know that sounds really shitty, but I, I just had to get that off my chest. Uh, <laughs> no, because the athlete for that, but uh, it's all good. Um, but but uh, I got to go with uh, Emmanuel Pascari's uh, log press. Um, you know, um, can be. Nicholas Camby, you know, absolutely was dominating overhead pressing in the 105K uh, weight class. And um, to have somebody come out and, and prove that, that they can exceed, like, the already insanity that, that Nicholas Camby had, had, had shown the world, to me is, is really, I mean, unbelievable. And he did it so cleanly. Um, you know, and then, and then at, at the ultimate strongman, uh, championship, he strict pressed 150 kilograms for three reps. I mean, the guy's pressing power for his body weight is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, so I, I've got to go with Emmanuel Piscari. Yeah, that was a pretty, and honestly, that press was like a static press. It was just, there was it's no good that at all. It was crazy. Absolutely insane. Yeah, it was really insane. Yanni, what are your thoughts about Adarian's comments? Um, I agree that the deadlift, like until we get to the the state. So actually, I think me and you talked about this, um, like through our DMs, where one of the things that Strongman needs to do is clean up the standards of the events. So one yeah. of the cool things that uh, I'm working with uh, Jonathan Lester, we're actually going to do the videos for the event standards for each event for nationals. So that way, ahead of time, people are going to be able to see exactly what the standard is. And then that way, it's also going to help the judging for nationals because it's going to be like, hey, judges, this is exactly what we want. We want consistency across the board. So watch this. Um, Derek Owens with Battle Axe Showdown. I know we're going to mention him a little bit later for one of the other questions or the categories. Um, he's been doing a great job of posting the event standard. So one of the things I don't want to take away from that deadlifting record is he's just doing the record based on the standards that strongman is setting for himself. So like Darren said, it's nothing against the athlete. It's against the standards that strongman set for that record. So that's, that's the only thing I want to clarify because the athlete did a great job using the standard that strongman set for it. I just, I just hold it again. I hold the standards that they were put on him against that record. You know, it's interesting, you know, it's, well, I shouldn't say it's interesting. It's, it, it resonates with a lot of people with what you guys are saying, but it's almost blasphemy in a way with strongman, right? Because we talk about just lifting weight and putting it down. I've had these conversations and I'm on you guys' side, by the way, I do agree. There has to be standard with the lifts. Boy, it's going to get hard to convince that. Do you really see change here, Darren? Do you see it happening ever? I don't know. Um, I actually want to kind of double back really, really quick. Yanni put it very, very eloquently. I, you know, I just kind of threw it out there. But you know, when when we spoke before we started this uh, this podcast, you know, same thing. Um, you know, my my feelings are exactly in line with Yanni. It's not the athletes' fault, right? They're just following the standards that are allowed, the standards that have always been there. Um, something that John and I talk about frequently. Is is that uh, you know the reason the stuff keeps flying and uh, is because it's allowed. Can it change? You know, Yanni is talking about ha- like setting standards and drawing out um, you know standards for each event it, at nationals. I think he said. I yep. know that that Luke Davies has uh, has worked or has had some conversations with Darren Sandler, 
at, at with Giants Live about writing up standards. I don't know when those are supposed to come out or when they will be done. But I know there's talk about, you know, increasing, you know, improving the standard or creating standards um, for these lists because it's, it's becoming uh, very obvious, I think, to to the community, the strongman community, uh, you know, potential fans that, you know, strongman is, you know, strongman's always been kind of about do whatever it takes to, to lift, but man, it's gotten so sloppy and so loose to the point that it's, it, it it's almost getting for me, again, as a fan, not as an athlete, because I do look at myself as a fan. I try to, I try to look at the sport as a fan as much as I can. It's really hard to, uh, I don't know what the right word is to, to I don't want to say respect because I respect all the athletes, the hard work. It's not easy to put yourself out there, you know, go to the gym day in, day out, you know, eat, do everything you have to uh, to to uh, compete at that level. But it's hard to it is kind of hard to respect the sport as a whole when the standards are getting so, so loose. But back to your question, Joe, you know, it, do I think that it can change? I absolutely can change, but it's going to take a lot of concerted effort. Um, the whole community is going to have to come together, not just in the U.S. or the U.K., but the entire world and agree on some you know, charter of standards where um, not only the promoters, but also the the athletes are, you know, putting their foot down and saying that, that you know, I don't want my lift to be as John likes to put it, with an asterisk next to it. John, I guess it goes without saying, too, that all change starts with conversation, and that's what we're having here today. And it sounds like Yanni's already in that conversation, and Darren's heard and been a part of those conversations. So if change is going to happen, it all has got to start with that. And I I think whether we see it in our competitive lifetimes or not, um, is it might take that long to convince everybody collectively at one time, I would agree probably changes on the horizon. How about you, John? Yeah, I would say, I mean, uh, Darren made a funny video that I think he has plenty of great ideas in this head, but his he made an interesting video comparing saying sumo is cheating and then showing all the gear that like, I think he put on right, yeah. probably knowing how long that gear takes up to put on a metal deadlift suit, then three belts and everything else was just like, yeah. it resonated with a lot of people because I think there is... The interesting thing to me is that the 501, the heaviest deadlift in the world, had almost no hitching to it. All of the heaviest, like John Hack, so many of these people, they can deadlift without hitching and their lifts are cleaner looking and typically stronger. And I think after a while, you do have to wonder if like some of the best strongmen out there can do successful powerlifting meet style deadlifts almost. And I think... I think changes on the horizon. Like I'm always optimistic about things. I mean, yeah. I go back and forth between being optimistic, but I think, I think a lot of people are interested and are listening because it is noticeable that those things are a stark contrast when you have people sharing some lifts at like a certain weight, and then you see John Hack compete at a 198 and pull like nine something. You're like, no, that's great. these things yeah. you do see. Yeah, like it's a hard not to like. You'd That's a great point. Back, yeah. back when I started strongman in the early 1920s, hitching wasn't taught. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. It's it's a taught skill now is how to hitch. A lot of us didn't know how to hitch. As a matter of fact, it was a handicap to hitch. We had to throw our knees under the bar and couldn't quite figure out the timing of that. So we were better off pulling strict 
conventional. And a lot of guys were. I don't think you saw a lot of that. I, Darren, you might agree. It, it, maybe it was a little bit before your time even, but there wasn't a lot of hitching going on. Nowadays, if you're learning strongman, you're learning how to hitch. So maybe that, yeah. and John, to your point, you know. Yeah. I mean, you have like to blame Derek Poundstone. Derek Poundstone, when he when he did that car deadlift and sat up on his on his legs and sat down and rested, that's when everything changed, man. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Probably, right? We can go back to a point there. Everyone's like, oh, my God, like, you could do that? <laughs> right. We need to start training that. Yes, yes. I mean, I mean props to, to, you know what? At the end of the day, I always give everybody mad props in the sport for, you know, doing, doing, getting away with whatever they can, you know. Um, uh, Novikov is like the master of cheat, right? And I say that with the utmost respect because I love the, the ingenuity that he comes up with, right, to, to skirt the rules. Um, and, like, and like going back to it, it happens because the sport allows it. And, uh, you know, if we want to close those gaps up, Something's got to be done, but it's still it's still entertaining. And I look back at those moments and and laugh because you're right. There were because they're hilarious. Yanni, go ahead, man. I know you're waiting. So real quick, I think he um Darren hit on why we started hitching because it allowed people to watch an entertainment show with people doing more reps and higher weights because of like the cheating that we allow in strongman. So that's biting us in the butt now. What? You said 1920, so 100 years later, it's biting right. us in the butt when it comes yeah. to all the hitching that we've allowed at World Strongest Man or in other competitions. Um, and then all the cheating that we allow in the sport, it gets worse when you go away from like professionals, right? So the like, the closer you get to the amateur, we're going to see it worse. And then obviously, if you get away from the amateur, the pros kind of learn it. So kind of feet, it's a, like, like a chain, right? So I think now that we're trying to grow the sport, we do have to grow the standards and we got to start, stop chasing just the heaviest weight possible, regardless of what the lift looks like. I think that's what's hurt us a couple of times, because even a, a couple of world records that we've seen in the last year, year and a half, we're just like, really, they shouldn't have gotten that that rep. Props to the strength to even to attempt that. But the standards need to be up there to clean up the sport, to give the sport more credibility and then further grow it. So that was just my last note on that. It sounds like a good clip. I'll be cutting that one and putting it up. Uh, the winner of your category is uh, Ben Donnan. Um, he had won uh, significantly with about 50% of the vote and uh, 43%. So we move on to the next category, which is the women's side of this. And the women's side, um, maybe a, Let's see. Do we have any deadlifts? We don't, so we won't be on that part of the topic. We have That's Victoria shocking. Long in that sandbag at, at at ASW, which was crazy. I think we can all agree with that three fifty sandbag. I think that yep. was at forty eight inches. It, does anybody know that that height on that bar? No, off the top of my head. I would assume it's forty eight. I said I would assume it's forty eight. Forty eight. Okay. Yeah, heights um, heights change so often. What the standard is there too? It's hard to keep track. Another good point. I'd like to know a standard height, honestly, with a lot of these events. Um, Sam Bellevue, uh, her circus, same time Nick Nyers did his. At Clash last year, uh, Rhea Lovelace's uh, deadlift world record. Uh, I don't have that number. Wish I did. Sorry, I didn't write it down. 6, 620, 612, I, somewhere in there. Uh, then, of course, Chloe Brennan's Denny Stone world record. Um, I don't think she did that in a strongman competition per se, but we can all agree that was a hell of a feat of strength. Uh, Yanni, let's start with you on that. Uh, you heard those four. Do you have anything to add? So for me, it's um, Rihanna. That's who I would give it to. Um, 
especially with not only be, just because of everything that she's done deadlift. I see the number is 261.5 kilos at the Arnold UK Strongwoman contest. Okay. So that's 576 pounds. Oh, 576. All right. Um, so, yeah, that easily takes uh, – because I think that's triple body weight, which is ridiculous. So I don't think that needs much explanation besides that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, she is who she is. That's what she does. Uh, Darren, your thoughts? Um, you actually broke up, and I didn't catch the first one, and I don't recall what it was. Yeah, it was Victoria Long Sandbag, 350, I think it was 350, 352, over that 48-inch bar at America's Strongest Woman a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I would definitely go with that, hands down. Um, for female uh, athlete to be not only picking that that heaviest sandbag, I mean, look, the, the female strong woman athletes uh, have have just turned up the, uh, the intensity, the volume, whatever you want to call it, lately and and they're putting up just incredible amounts of weight and yeah i think that that's that's a whole other level to me um because that's a big bag 350 pounds so uh i'm definitely going with victoria uh john um so i was feeling confident till that last one where i was wrong about the deadlift because i thought that i kind of knew what the people wanted but um no i would say it's hard because they all are really amazing like that sandbag yeah. was just like that's an incredible number to realize like that's that's a bag over bar that like some men were struggling with and what was it 2019 when they did the it was a sandbag medley but you have like men who will struggle with 350 pounds and that's like sure. at a high level so but the Denny Stones one I would have to say is pretty iconic just like it's an impressive feat to be able to do that especially at that low weight because she's like 148 or something, which is... Really yeah, small. and I think the stones were four and a half times her body weight. I think it was like... Yeah, so right so I think, yeah, as far as just like... But it's hard because like Reese deadlift is also amazing. So they're all like have really great moments. And then Sam's... Um, but yeah, I'd have to say uh, Chloe Brennan's probably the... Denny Stones, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just bandwagoning, but it really was like just an iconic moment. But that sandbag thing, I mean, like Darren says, I mean, it was interesting talking to Inez and like just seeing the weights that they're doing now at that level, it's truly astonishing to see. So I'd have to say, I can't do like a three-way tie because I know that's lame. So I'll stand up and say, Chloe. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and I think another thing to add about those Denny Stones, I, I don't think a lot of our listeners, a lot of strong men and women across the board has ever even tried to do Denny Stones. It is a very, very difficult lift. Uh, and that and that handles on those, again, are they're, they just tear your hands apart and you're trying to stand up in a, a you know, a split squat type position. Uh, I think more would have gotten even more vote, I think, if people had ever tried Denny Stones. Um, Darren, have you pulled uh, Denny Stones before? Um, just, uh, replicas. Right. Just replicas. Right. So, um, forgive me for being ignorant on this. Was she not allowed to use straps on those? Uh, no, I don't think there's no, no straps. You no. Know, really good question. I not a hundred percent, but I'm 90% sure no straps. I mean, typically you're not allowed, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little ignorant for some reason. I thought that she was allowed to use straps, but I could be completely wrong about that. 
and that was in the back of my head when I was choosing also. And, and, and also, you know, um, again, amazing feat by 148 pound woman. I mean, absolutely incredible. Um, so she did not know all incredible feats, right? They're all incredible. They're all incredible. Yeah, no, no straps, Yanni. Yeah, no straps. From what I'm watching here, all she had on was was chalk in her hand and a belt. Well, I might I might swing my vote then. Actually, because if it's four and a half times body weight, Rihanna Loveless was technically only four point one type. Uh, sorry, times her body weight. So, y'all might be swinging my vote here. That's that's still incredible, but I think uh, yeah, for some reason I, it was sticking in my head that she was allowed straps for some reason. Um, without straps, I, I have to assume my vote because okay. the I mean the yeah. group strength alone is is insane. Um, yep. So, and just she when I look at her too, man, she's not your you know she's not your typical. I I she's very I don't even want to say it very feminine. Very she doesn't have this big bulky sort of deadlifting physique that I sure. would imagine you know to see. She's a bit uh well at 148 and 148 that? pounds at 148 yeah, she's pounds she's, she's not yeah, she's not a, she's not a heavyweight no by no, any means yeah yeah, yeah crazy I I like, as well although i although i will say that uh victoria i got to see that in person out in vegas and when she did that sandbag it, it cleared the bar by four inches it didn't even touch the bar and she literally threw it over the bar it wasn't dropped you know as a bar as a hitch it was the most absurd. Yeah. I thought it was a warm up when I saw it. I went, "Wow, that was really easy." God knows what she's going to be capable of in twenty twenty three. She stays healthy. A lot of those women, though, I think we'd all agree, are just doing some amazing shit. But we'll talk about that here in a minute as well. Your winner, Chloe Brennan. Nice. <laughs> so you're all right. Yep. I think we're all right. We're all right. I think we got that right, Yanni. Did you say that? Yeah, Yanni, we're yeah, right the John. second time. Okay. Yeah, John, John, John convinced me, especially after I watched the video again. Okay. Well, good. That's what we're here to do, right? Sway one another's vote. All right. So the next one is uh, going to be the uh, strong. Uh, okay. Yep. Strong man of the year. And um, I've got a lot of notes on these guys, but I'm sure you guys can lend to it. So I don't have to fish all around for it. I did not write them down. I thought I would do it off memory. Strong man of the year. And we're going to add some names to this list because I want to hear some of the names from you guys that you would have added to this very difficult list to come up with. Uh, Tyler Davis is on this list, as we would guess. Uh, his resume speaks for itself. Outside of his third place, he got, uh, what was that, at Clash, I think it was, or second place, or third to CJ, I think. He's won everything, even overseas. Ultimate, you know, Darren, and you both, you he, and I. He won and STL this yeah. year. Yeah, so he's done a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, he took third at SCL. My bad. Third. Yeah, so yeah. he's podium everywhere he's, he's going. Podium. His resume, and then of course, his win at OSG he cemented it for me to have him be on that list. Um, Andrew Clayton uh, on that list. Um, listen, I love Andrew's story. I mean, Andrew's a personality for sure, but nobody's nobody. Everybody counted that guy out, and he came into Clash at the Rockies, and everybody was reminded who Andrew Clayton was, and he didn't. Uh, let us down at OSG either. So kind of a late run for Andrew to get on this list at the second half of the year. Ben Donnan's back there again. Ben's actually got a pretty deep resume. Darren, are you familiar with Ben's resume? SCL, um, Ultimate, I mean, all that stuff over there, I'm sure, right? Yeah, from this year, I, I really only know knew him from this year. So um, nothing more. 
yeah, I kind of took this sport by storm this year, I guess you can say, and then threw yeah. that world record, controversial or other on top. Well, he's hit multiple world records. So, so I mean, to his to his credit, um, I mean, he's hit uh, an he had absolute world record at Clash in the Rockies. Um, I think it was actually a tie, but he, you know, it was a tie for world record. He did a deadlift. He just recently did the dumbbell at at 105 kilograms. Um, I think it was those three. So I yeah. mean, I mean, he's doing phenomenally well. Um, and he deserves all the credit he's getting. So yeah, yeah, yeah he, great, so great under eighty athlete. Strongly on that list, and, and maybe our first pro mention. And I, I think you had to add this guy just simply because of the way he's taken the strongman uh, pro by storm, and that's Mitch Hooper. Uh, we could have added a lot of different strongman pros to these lists, I think. But honestly, he's the most impressive to me. Uh, Yanni, your thoughts? I like I, I I would I would choose Mitchell Hooper um just because of how big of a show he he performed like it wasn't like he performed at smaller shows and then kind of died out at the no he made noise from the second he stepped onto the big stage and then every other competition since then so for me easily Mitch Hooper okay so we didn't get that wrong by adding him to the list that it impressed me too it, you don't often see that at that level the way he took it over. Um, and it was good. the and it was the top rookie or what yeah. was or just well, it's, okay. it's strongman of the year. I mean, I, we should add a rookie category, but that might get a little blurry. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, John, what are your thoughts? So um, he he told me I shouldn't vote for him, but Andrew Clayton, hands down. Especially if you tell me not to do something, I'm going to do it. <laughs> he, in his opinion, in 100, percent he was like Mitchell Hooper, like yeah. had just an astounding run, but. Um, I mean, not just because we met the guy and everything, but I would say just just such a dominating performance at OSG that was just like Same. unmatched. Whereas I think, um, I guess I tend to root for, I guess like everyone knows Mitchell Hooper and everything and he's just everywhere. So part of me, I'm like, he's, he's good weather. I don't know. So I would say Andrew Clayton, just because of, just the way he approached everything coming out of like most people didn't, I saw listen to so many people's things leading up to OSG of like their top 10 and so many people didn't even include him in the top 10. And then to have, be able to have won without even doing the last event if he wanted to, I think yeah. is such an unmatched performance that it's hard to, I mean, Mitchell Hooper did some incredible things. Like watching him literally sprint with a thousand pound yoke on his back, like it's not anything. Like he's clearly going to go really far. Yeah. And now, part of me, I guess, feels like he's gotten enough recognition, and Andrew deserves more recognition in my mind. Like that, so like that reasoning for sure. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, well, anyhow, I, I look forward to Andrew. You know, staying with his foot. Although when I spoke to him, he's talking about going up to the open class now. So. Maybe we'll see the bigger version of him after all again. Darren, do you have anybody that you would add to this list? Oh man, I mean, there's there are so many people that you could add. I mean, it could be almost inexhaustible, you know, uh, inexhaustible. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, off the top of my head, I, I don't have any any specific person that I would add right off the bat. Um, 
What about Alexei Novikov? He went almost an entire year, I think, yeah. until wasn't it the Rogue? So he went a full year of podium every competition he was at, except the Rogue, which I think he ended up fourth. And then even World Strongest Man, because the tiebreaker goes only for the last event, which is Stones, which I think is dumb. Um, he lost a tiebreaker to Martin on just that one, even though he won more events. So I, I would put in Alexi on that one because he podiumed at so many high-level competitions. And then yeah, the I one he did it, he was fourth. Yeah. yeah. John, do you got anybody you throw on there? Um, I think that is definitely a good mention of Alexi. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, I'd say Alexi would be up there. And Canby's great, so I'd also put Canby. Well, I think we saw a lot of great performances. Uh, That's the hard part. Performances yeah. from a lot of men this year. I think we could all agree. We can go from Clash to to uh, to the Isaac Mays' win was great. I mean, I love seeing him up there. But again, these were kind of like one performances. You, you got an awful lot of those. I think the four or five guys now we mentioned, including Alexi, uh, these were constant performances or consummate performers uh, over the entire year. I mm-hmm. think maybe that's why all these guys deserve to be on the list in one way or the other. Um, any closing thoughts before we move on to the most difficult category of all, that being strong woman of the year? I didn't get to vote. Oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. I'll keep it brief. Uh, you know, honorable mention to, to Andrew Clayton, man. Great. I mean, my experiences with him has been fantastic. He, I mean, such a well-spoken and knowledgeable individual. Um, and his performances this year, you know, after taking a bit of a break from Strowman, um, coming back and just absolutely dominating the under 105K class. I mean, with the, the best Americans, you know, minus Canby, of course, because he was hurt. But, um, I mean, just absolutely brutally dominant uh, uh, performance by Andrew Clayton. So he deserves a huge honorable mention for me. But I would have to go with Mitchell, Hoop, Mitchell Hooper also. Um, I mean, the guy came out of nowhere. I mean, I don't know what what was he doing before he was the pro strongman. Did he ever? Did he just skip? <laughs> like, Holy he just, he just showed up one day, and just started like dominating. That's, that's my been my perception. Yeah, um, <laughs> I thought he did rugby. That was the weirdest part to me. Is people there? Yeah, like, he oh, he's a great rugby player. Yeah, it's like wait, no, he's he's man, like, yeah, at the top. So yeah, he uh, he he would be there. My my guy's Tyler Davis. I'm still going with Tyler Davis, and I, I like Tyler's attitude. He's a guy that says, "Come after me. I'm here. I'm going to find you if you don't find me." I love that about that side of the sport. We need more people. We need more rivalries in the sport that are gentlemen rivalries. And Tyler brings that brings yeah. that to the table everywhere he goes. So uh, your winner of that was uh, uh, let's see. Well, it was Ben Donna. Oh wait a second, it was uh, Ben Donna. Oh, the year, and, and and for good reason. I think you could have picked any of those guys. Um, he was obviously a crowd favorite. I think he won two now, right? Um, this is the hardest one for me, and honestly, coming up with this short list was almost impossible. Well, I wouldn't say impossible, but you can argue probably several honorable mentions, and that's the uh, strong woman of the year. Uh, Nadia Stowers is on that list. Uh, Inez is on that list. Kataskio. Uh, uh, of course, Rhea Lovelace is on that list, as she would be every year now since she started in the sport. Uh, Victoria Long is on that list. 
I would argue my first honorable mention would be maybe even Holly McRae could make that list. Uh, she had a fantastic year, starting with her Arnold Amateur win back in March of 2022. So, I mean, she would be my first honorable mention. Let's start with that. Let's start with our honorable mentions, because I know you all have somebody in mind. Who wants to take the next one? Dramatic pause, John. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say Holly deserves to be up there. And everything okay. is deserves a mention for all that she's done. And she's just like such a down-to-earth, relatable person while doing it. I would definitely say she deserves a mention and everything. So I would say she, yeah, I'd stick with, I'd agree with you about Holly there. It's hard because there's so many names. Once you start really digging, you're like, if I oh, if yeah. I start listing everyone out, I'll just run out of time. It's so, a bit of a rabbit hole. Yanni, do you have a you have somebody you'd like to add to that list before we vote? No, not off the top of my head. No, because a lot of that when like even before you made the the you named the the top two that came into my head were Inez and then Rihanna. Okay, Darren, how about you? Yeah, I'm I'm with everybody else. I think uh, we got a good list. Okay, yeah, I would throw Olga on that list too. I I would throw her on. I almost said that, and then I like bit my tongue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gabby Dixon well, because of the Hercules hold. Yeah, so, Kira yeah, Rickson could be on oh, that there too. I mean, you know, again, if this was eight deep, it wouldn't be hard to find eight names. Um, who was your winner, Darren? Um, you know, I gotta go with with uh, I Innes. Um, she's another one of those that's coming at it, just coming out of nowhere, sort of. I mean, she's only been in the sport, but I think couple of years yeah and um and i mean she's just she's taking it by storm again i mean her her lifting is just absolutely impressive you know we had her on the show um her her attitude um her perspective um i think she's a i think she's probably my top pick there i, just, I think her resume this year included the beer stone yep uh rainier uh what the uh, clash of the uh, no, she didn't go to that. Did she go to that? I can't remember. I don't think she did clash. Um, she was just at America's podium there, podium at OSG, of course. A podium at OSG. Yeah. Yeah, she had a great year. Yep. Yep. Yanni, who's your pick? Uh, Rihanna and Loveless because she beat two of the honorary mentions that y'all talked about, and she set world records this year. So I feel like that's another easy one for me to choose just because even though Inez had a very powerful performance, I just think consistency wise, Rihanna is not only the top at the top of her division, but she beats a lot of the people that we're thinking as honorable mentions compared to Inez. Not true. Uh, John. I would have to say, I think probably a part of it was speaking with her, but Inez just like, seeing or hearing her story and realizing like when i asked her when did she realize she was strong she was like oh when i squatted 500 pounds january 2020 and i was like oh that's like so recent because i feel like i started lifting kind of late and everything it was really impressive to hear her story and her attitude and just to be able to do so many shows back to back and like still podium at them deserves recognition along with just her attitude and the way she's approached everything, I would say. But it's hard because, like, I mean, Re had an amazing year and she's done a lot for the sport. So it's it's hard. These are really hard ones to pick. But Inez, just, like, just the way she approaches everything and the potential she has of, like, 
being almost 6'2", really new to the sport, I think she very much, in my mind, had kind of a similar trajectory to like Mitchell Hooper in a way, just coming out yep. from like, not really doing much strong man at all or strong woman to like being known everywhere. So that was impressive to me. Yep. I, um, I pick Rhea Lovelace and, and simply because I think she had a great comeback year as well. I think she had a rough year last year. If I remember some injuries and things were going on with her, OSG didn't turn out the way she wanted it to. Um, and then her comeback this year and of course the world record. And on top of that, I don't know about you guys, but there is no tougher class in all of strong man or woman than those 64s. That is a crazy class. I mean, from beginning to end, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start with that class, but to be on top of that heap and then let alone everywhere else, that's hard to – I mean, listen, she's an icon in the sport already. If there's a Hall of Fame, she'd be in it while she's competing. Um, she's just <laughs> that good. So I, I, by default, I think I would probably pick her every year. But uh, I would certainly say Rhea for sure. And our fans, of course, said uh, Rihanna Lovelace. To no surprise. But they were all great. Listen, Victoria Long, in my opinion, you can argue her year as well. Oh, that was sick. I mean, God, everything she's doing. The log, that 300-pound log was amazing. We're not even talking about that. Right. I mean, that was the first 300-pound log in competition, I, I'm pretty sure, right, Yanni? Say that one more time. Victoria Long's 300-pound log in competition was the first 300 log by any female in competition, I think. it's an I don't know that one off the top that. of my head. Yeah, it, I, anyhow. Crazy. No, but I wanted to touch on, I think, Darren, you were talking about how competitive the under-64 kilo class is. So I'm looking at the class show that I was lucky enough to MC. Okay, so Rihanna was first place. Shannon Clifford was second. Holly McRae was third. Kate Connolly was fourth. Kira Rickson was fifth. So that's just your top five. That is ridiculous competition right there. Wow, I didn't realize how competitive that was. And even some of the other names that are under, like uh, um, Carly, Taylor Woods, Hannah Coldiron, um, Kristen, Nadia Morrison just became a pro recently. So, like, yeah, those are – yeah, you're right. That is probably the most competitive division um, for, uh, for women. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, there you go. And she's awesome, too. And uh, I'm going out to England. I don't know if you guys – well, I didn't you didn't hear that yet, but – I talked to Luke yesterday. I'm not missing that competition. Did Dude, you see the lineup like a, coming out for that U90 Classic right now? That was amazing. amazing. That was amazing. I wish he was doing it under 105, too. <laughs> oh, my God. And to see, like, McKeegan and uh, Tyler Young going down. Going down. I mean, well, that's not Tyler hard Davis for Tyler Young. I think down, he, baby, I tell you. Tyler which competition are we talking about? 20 anyway, so that should be a pretty easy cut for him. Oh, I and those guys are really good at it, too, yeah. Uh, it's the it's Luke Davies uh, Chaos U uh, ninety Classic. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm gonna head out there uh, myself. Uh, Airbnb is booked, um, and also too on top of that, CJ Krause is coming up. Yes. I mean, so this is a loaded. I mean, this is just so interesting. And CJ Pierce, from what I understand, is gonna be there. And we all know the only question mark to Tyler Davis right now is CJ Pierce. Yeah. So that to me is just sick to see this. And the 90 class to me is the new sweetheart of 2023, like the 105s were in 2022. Sure. Any thoughts on on that at all, Darren? I mean, I'm excited to see where this goes. I mean, uh, I'm happy to see somebody with as much passion and uh, drive 
and I mean, just love for the sport, um, doing, you know, putting on this, this level of a competition, you know, Luke Davies, um, I'm really excited to see what he puts on. I mean, he's a, well, he's a very seasoned promoter, of course. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited to, to watch. Uh, I think it's going to be an amazing show. And like you said, competition is, is, you know, top, top of the world. So it's going to be, it's going to be one to watch. Well, we're certainly going to get a lot of Europeans at that show that we weren't able to see at OSG, uh, you know, obviously because travel is very difficult for them and very expensive. But uh, so there's some names there I'm not even familiar with that Luke is shedding light on right now that are guys that might we might not even see the podium like we think we would see it there. The guys, oh. you know what I mean? Like, the, And you see that often at Ultimate and SCL as well, right, Darren? I mean, so it's not yeah. – we could see the same surprise here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get like again, you mix those Eastern Bloc guys into the mix, and um, you know, guy. I mean, you get guys from like Belarus who, you know, I don't even know if they. I, I don't know what the the conditions are there, but you never see them on social media. I don't know if they're allowed or not, but those guys come out of the woodwork, and and um, yeah, I mean, they just throw a huge wrench into the into the machine, man, and so. We'll see, you know, what happens there, but I think uh, it's going to be a shakeup. Yeah, I can't wait. And I like Luke being involved in this, in this type of promoting because uh, we always knew that was the path he was going to take. Uh, he's well-respected in the community, and and uh, a lot of guys gravitate towards him. So kudos to Luke. Uh, we're going to love to see that. Yanni, do you have any predictions for 2023? I think we're going to see a lot uh, more competitions that are focused on one, uh, one or three divisions instead of all the divisions trying to be squeezed into a competition. I think you're also going to see a lot of um, cleanup on standards for events. I think promoters are going to take that into their own hands to begin with before, you know, we do something as, as a sport altogether. Uh, those are my two big ones. I think there's going to be a lot of cleaning up and of the strongman sport this coming year. Cause I think this year, one of the, um, things I saw because of the growth of the sport is there was too many people trying to uh, do events, but since it was for all weight class, all the athletes have to choose between doing a couple of these competitions because obviously that adds up, especially with travel, like you mentioned earlier. So I think people are going to get smart about it and then actually start talking to each other and be like, hey, I would love to do the, uh, let's say the lightweight and middleweight competition. And then you can do the heavyweight and middleweight competition and so on. So hopefully that cleans it up because that way the sport grows. People can put on the shows that they want to um, put on and make it more efficient and a higher quality competition that people want to go to. And that would increase the audience members that would actually go to because instead of having to give up your whole Saturday, you're only giving up two or three hours of the day. And then, yeah, so I think it's a lot of cleaning up of strongman is going to happen in 2023. I think we can all agree that would be nice to see. Uh, John, your thoughts on any predictions for 2023? Yeah, I would say I'd hope to see that positive trajectory. I'm excited to see if, like, that the Chaos Classic looks amazing. Like, Luke is just a phenomenal person, and I think that's going to be a really great show because I think a part of what will help grow the sport is, like, increasing that relatability, and I think the under-90 kilo class, just based on seeing how people responded to – the men at CrossFit who are about all about that 190 something yeah. range, I think creates that relatability to it, but also just shows how impressive it is. So I think, I think Darren and I have talked about this. It's really hard to have shows that are 
hours and hours long. So I think hopefully more kind of shorter shows with less less weight classes so that it isn't the full day experience. And I think maybe trying to space it out a bit more, I think might help rather than the oversaturation. But I think, I mean, maybe it's just because everyone we talk to is down for standards improving that I think, I think that's going to continue of hearing even like Martin's brought it up in his YouTube reaction video to the Rogue Invitational of like, it's coming up and everything. Now, once again, I do have own the domain strongmanstandards.com. So once I see some good ones, I'll put them up there and just <laughs> get it all over Google. So if anyone looks up a lift, I'll be there. So nice. um, yeah, I would say I'm excited to see where it goes overall. I think seeing the Arnold Strong Woman Classic, that's going to be a really great opportunity to showcase what the women can do. Because once again, I would say Gabby Dixon gets a huge honorable mention in my book for beating Martins and Kevin Ferris doing the same way for the Hercules hold. Like that's impressive. Just like really, to be able to do that for over a minute. Yeah. 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 So that's the thing of like, I think it'll be interesting to see where it goes because I think um, Darren hinted at it of, or talked about it, that seeing what the women can do these days, but I think we're seeing that across all weight classes now. There are those moments where you have like, um, what's her name? Danny Spiegel doing the 250 pound sandbag. And now you have women doing 350 pound sandbags, doing like more weight and stuff. I think getting those eyes around, I think it will be a really good year for everyone overall. I think as long as people can get good live streams and find good ways to like I mean, not only live streaming, but then chopping it down into watchable content like Rogue does with all their events makes a huge difference. If you think, I agree there. like Darren, yeah, what is so. your what is your prediction, Darren, for twenty twenty three? Um, yeah, I think uh, I mean I agree um, with with Yanni and John that that I mean the the conversation has been growing, I think, around standards and cleaning up strongman. Uh, I think it's a necessity. Uh, I think it's gaining traction. I think we're going to see a lot of improvements this year. Um, but but otherwise, I mean, time's going to tell, right? I mean, uh, I, I'm very hopeful that things are going to move forward. But like we talked earlier, too, I mean, will it, will it happen overnight? Probably not. But, you know, I think it's going to be a slow progression. I, I, I don't think it's uh, worth getting our hopes up too quickly that things are going to change overnight or, you know, do 180 next year. But I think we're going to see some baby steps, but a lot of, you know, uh, same as usual, right? I think it's going to be a, a more same as usual with some small improvements as we go. I mean, it's going to be baby steps and, you know, maybe in a, in a few years we'll we'll see, you know, that, that major cleanup and standard improvement. But I think guys like Luke Davies, right? I mean, he's he's one of those people that's going to probably jump right out and, and make big changes, make a splash. Hopefully it catches on. But your bigger shows that have been around for a while, um, I, I wouldn't expect to see any, any dramatic changes right away. It's going to take a while for people like, again, World's Strongest Man, you know, I mean, they've been been running the same format for 44 years. I, I wouldn't expect them to just change overnight. Um, again, contracts and what may be preventing them from moving forward. You know, OSG is another one that's been, you know, running more or less the same format for the last, uh, I don't know, how long have they been 
running five, six years or something like that. Or can't recall. Um, you know, I wouldn't expect to see big changes because, you know, what's working, if it's not broke, sometimes, you know, the best thing isn't to, to go and, you know, break it and fix it again. But I think I, it's going to be more of the same and, and, and baby steps. Yes, it's always baby steps, unfortunately, with this sport. But that's the way it is with just about everything. So uh, we just love it so much. We'd like to see it work a little bit quicker as well. I predict that our audiences on all of our podcasts are going to grow three times next year. In 2023, sponsorships are going to realize the power of the media in this sport. Uh, strong personalities and world's strongest opinion and the gym life podcast are going to lead the way in that respect and be a bigger voice in this community. And I also predict that Danny Spiegel's finally going to get back with me and want to do a live interview with me, but she doesn't want to do it on zoom. She wants to meet me in person. Nice. So that's my prediction for 2023. Uh, anybody else got anything to add before we conclude this show? Before I do that though, however, I want to say we need to do this maybe monthly guys. I don't know. And you guys can host it one day. Yanni, you can host it. And we can get on some general topics uh, that some media voices can lend to maybe that athletes wouldn't. Because, uh, of course, we know, Darren, you're not afraid to say what you want to say. And either am I. And you guys are right on board. So uh, anybody got, got anything to say? If you, knew, if you knew the things that I filter out, Joe. <laughs> I, I wanna, I'm not filtering shit out. When I start recording stuff, there'll be no editing over here. Not at no, all. I mean, I mean, before it comes out of my mouth. That's what I mean. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Anything, Yanni, to close the closing thoughts? Yes, I think I think I agree with Darren, though, that although I'm very excited about, like, wanting to see the changes, he's obviously been in the sport lo a lot longer than I have because I've only been in the sport, like, three years. I think the way I see it is that Strongman's been in its bulk phase here the last, you know, 10 years of how quickly it's been growing, right? And then now we're about to enter our like slow cut phase a little bit. So that way we could be the better athletes that you're also seeing across the board. It's not just the biggest bodies um, that are just packing on the weight. I think that's what we're kind of transitioning to as a sport. We're like, we're trying to clean up all the excess that it's not working and just really uh, investing in what is working. So I kind of like what Darren was talking about, where it's like, you have to approach it slow. We've bulked. Now we got to trim the fat a little bit. So that way, whatever we do, it really makes an impact. And it's long and it's for the long-term health of both the athlete and the sport. Uh, great analogy. Health, health is, a, is a big one. Um, you know, I don't want to get into that now, but, but there are, there are some major uh, improvements, I think in the overall health and safety also that, you know, we need to be paying more attention to with athletes, uh, you know, safety-wise, you know, we see some of these competitions that they're, you know, they, they always have us, right, you know, sign off an indemnification or whatever. And then, and and it's almost as if, you know, I'm not calling any particular promoters out or anything, um, but there are some times where you see these shows and it's like, man, that is, that's neglectfully unsafe. Somebody gets hurt, man, it's going to be on that promoter. So, you know, I'd like to see, on top of these standards that, you know, safety be uh, taken into more consideration um, with competitions in 2023 to, you know, will it, I don't know, but, but I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. It's worth noting for sure. And I agree with you, John, any final words? Um, yeah, I would say I tend to be optimistic. I think like Darren's saying, I think I would like to see more promoters and people offering like insurance for just, general accident coverage and stuff like I've seen some people do with um, strongman core 
and stuff, but I I tend to be super hopeful. Darren knows that like it's weird because we're the opposite about some things. Some things he's more hopeful about, and that's something that I tend to be a bit more hopeful about. But I just seeing maybe the past year of just seeing the interest people have in our podcast, which I didn't think we'd have. I didn't know how it would go just to have people actually listening and like it's slowly growing and people asking when our next episode is out and stuff. I think things will go well for all of us and stuff. I think as long as you stick with it and I think realizing that life's a marathon, it's not a sprint as Dan likes to remind me, it's helpful of just taking those steps. And I think as long as we keep walking towards the right direction, things will go well. Yeah. Uh, That's That's a great way to finish it off. Guys, I appreciate you. And uh, Yanni, uh, Darren, John, if, uh, like I said, one of you two are going to host it next time, let me know what your thoughts are. Let's get together. But in the meantime, happy holidays, happy new year. And uh, I hope I meet you guys all in person very, very soon, which I, I have a no doubt it's going to happen in 2023. So that's another prediction I'm going to make. Yep. So, there you go. You guys, thank you so much. Likewise. Thanks for having us, Joe. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys. Happy holidays. Thanks, Joe. Happy Bye, holidays. everybody. Bye. Woo. That was awesome.